Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. In the scriptures for this weekend, we hear how individuals can use religion to express a feeling of moral superiority over others. St. Thomas Aquinas once said, Corusio eptimi isima, which means the corruption of the best is always the worst. Well, we see that in religion. Religion, the very thing that is meant to unite us with God, can sometimes be hijacked by individuals for the worst of intentions. And in doing so, religion is turning on itself, doing what it was never meant to do. See, Paul addresses this in the second reading, but more to it, he really addresses it in 1st and 2nd Corinthians. Paul talks about the law. Now, the law of God in of itself is good, but it can, on occasion, by some individuals, be manipulated and used as a weapon by some, in which they are such experts in the law, they boast their knowledge of it, and in doing so, they put down others. Again, the law now turns on itself. great example of this is the Pharisees that Jesus is constantly being badgered with. They are experts in the law. They know it very well. Therefore, they say to themselves, I'm better than the rest of these Israelites. I'm more devout. Jesus, oftentimes we hear him debating with the scholars of the law, and he tells them, you place heavy burdens upon the people, but you don't lift a finger to help them. Well, we see some of this in our own day and age, maybe even in our own church. People who know our faith, who know sacred scripture, our traditions, and our laws. They use that knowledge, though, for feeling a sense of moral superiority over others. You know, Saturday Night Live picked up on this with the church lady. You know, several years ago, Dana Carvey played the church lady, this fussy lady who knew the Bible you know, by like the back of her hand. And yet she used that knowledge to pass judgment on everybody or everything in our culture. And therefore, it begs the question, what is religion? Well, the whole point of religion is meant to draw us to God. The word suggests this itself. The word religion comes from two Latin words, reli and jure, which means to tie back to something. Well, religion ties us back to God. But what's the implication? We are fallen away because of our own sin. Therefore, we need religion to tie us back to God. And yet, how often the very practices and beliefs of our religion that should foster a connection between God and one another can end up essentially fostering division because of some individuals. Well, that's what we see here in the gospel. The parable in which you have a Pharisee that seeks to divide himself, declare himself morally superior over others. Now, notice how the story begins. Jesus addressed this parable to those who are convinced of their own righteousness 
and despised everyone else. Now, when you first hear that, you can't help but smile. You know, the many of the parables that we have been reading over the past several weeks have been very humorous. See, now we begin to sense that Jesus had a great sense of humor. Now, what Jesus is trying to address in this parable are the Pharisees that use the law and religion as a weapon to declare themselves morally superior over the rest of the Israelites. Now, how does the parable begin? Two people went up to the temple area to pray. Well, that's good. They're practicing their religion. But we'll find out that both of these people are polar opposites of each other. Their motivation to go to the temple is to pray. Very good. But their prayer is directly opposite of each other. One will boast of their own good works and deeds. The other one will beg for God's mercy. Now, the first person, this Pharisee. We know that Pharisees are scholars of the law. Most of them well-educated in the law. Now, in our own day and age, we would refer to Pharisees in our church as theologians, people who maybe have master's degrees or PhDs in religious studies or sacred scripture. Now, next, it says, the man took up position in the temple. Well, he's standing, isn't he, while he's praying? That is the proper posture of a person in the ancient world to pray. They stood. In our day and age, we kneel. Now, notice more importantly, he took up position which means he's at the very center of the temple. He wants everyone to notice that he's praying, and he wants everyone to hear his prayer. Essentially, now he's praying so that everyone can see and notice him. How does his prayer begin? Oh God, I thank you that I'm not like the rest of humanity, greedy, dishonest, adulterous, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I pay tithes on my whole income. Well, his prayer starts off very good. He says, Oh God, I thank you. All of our prayers should start off with gratitude. We should always thank God for everything that God has given us in our life. It is a gift. But the rest of the prayer gives it all away, in which he says, I am not like the rest of humanity. Well, we see that this prayer is filled with pride. And that's never good when we pray to God. If you go to Proverbs chapter 29, verse 23, it says, Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Well, this Pharisee doesn't do that at all. In fact, he does just the opposite. With a great deal of pride, he begins to tell God this litany of all the things, all the vices he avoids, and then all the good things that he does. What is he really doing? Well, we would say he's singing his own praises. Now, this man is a good man. We have to give him that. And he has done good things. But that's not the problem. What really is the problem? The fact that he's done all these good things with the wrong attitude, the wrong motivation. Why should we all avoid being greedy? Why should we avoid being dishonest or adulterous? To win the praise of others? No. For our own self-acclamation? No. That's not the proper motivation. Instead, we try and live a good life because we're motivated out of love for God. We try and live a good, virtuous life because we want to be in a right relationship with God always. The whole point of living a good, virtuous life and doing good for others in this world is to cooperate with God's grace. That should be our attitude because when we do that, we grow in a greater image and likeness of God that we're all created in. 
That should be your motivation. And see, when we do that, then we're drawn into the deeper life that we share with Jesus Christ. Another problem with this Pharisee, he appears to revel in his distinction amongst all other people. Again, what does he say? Oh God, I thank you that I'm not like the rest of humanity. He's not celebrating the good things that he's done, no. He's celebrating basically how the good things that he has done has set him apart from all others. Basically what he's saying is, oh God, look at all the good things I've done versus that grubby, scummy humanity that are so terrible. You know, look how I distinguish myself from them. Well, one thing that we can learn from this Pharisee, we can do the right thing always, but with the wrong intentions, the wrong motivations. You know, we can do great things in this world, but when we use them for the express purpose of feeling morally superior over others, then all the good things that we do won't mean anything. Notice this man's prayer. It's one of self-love, isn't it? Again, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 23. Humble yourself before the Lord, and the Lord will exalt you. Well, this man's prayer is void of humility, even of love for God or others, which is just the opposite of who God is and what God wants for each and every one of us. Now, with that in mind, turn your attention to the tax collector. It says, The tax collector stood off at a distance and would not raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breasts and prayed, O God, be merciful to me, a sinner. This man prays with humility. He prays with humility. First and foremost, he stands far away. He feels not worthy to be close to God. His eyes are lowered in humility, not raised up to the skies in pride like the Pharisee. He beats his breast. In the ancient world, that was a traditional sign of repentance. And then finally, he literally cries out in need for God's mercy. Now, don't make the mistake of romanticizing this tax collector. He's not a good moral character. He's a bad man. Tax collectors were collaborators with the enemy, the Roman army. Realize, this tax collector collected taxes from the hard-earned income of the Israelites. And part of that money went directly to Rome as tribute to Caesar. The other part of that money stayed and paid the Roman army, the very occupiers and oppressors of the Israelites. More to it, tax collectors skimmed off the taxes that they collected in order to pay their own salaries. So, tax collectors were hated. They're considerably marginally and morally objectionable. In our day and age, tax collectors would be considered gangsters, mobsters, or thugs. Now, notice how he prays. He doesn't boast of his accomplishments. He's a bad man, and he admits it. Now, again, the importance of religion. The importance of religion is to tie us back to God. Again, the word comes from the Latin words, reli, jure, which means to tie back to. This is what this tax collector desires. Notice, he doesn't sing his own praises like the Pharisee. He desperately is seeking to unite himself back to God. We would say he's hungry for God's mercy. He wants to use religion to tie himself back to the Lord. And he does. That's why Jesus says at the very end, I tell you, the latter, being the tax collector, went home justified, not the former or the Pharisee. And then he adds, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, 
and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Well, here Jesus is paraphrasing parables 29, 23. Now, when Jesus says he's been justified, he means he's been reconciled back to the Father. This tax collector, he calls out with a great deal of humility for reconciliation, for God's mercy, and he receives it. Well, we have to pray like this tax collector. Pray with humility. Never pray as if we are morally superior to others. G.K. Chesterton once said, We're all sinners. We're all in the same boat. And we're all seasick because of our sin. Well, that's good. Therefore, we should pray. Pray with humility. Beg for God's mercy. And we will receive it. And see, that's the importance of religion. And practicing it each and every day of our life. When we practice it, we tie ourselves back to God. And that's all that God ever wants for us and with us. And may the peace and the grace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.